Yeah, I completely agree. We create the events that we wish we were invited to. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate. Relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Yanina and Ollie are back. Today we want to talk about how fun festivals are, but instead get very quickly sidetracked on the topic of sexual misconduct at festivals. We really work hard to create the events we wish we could attend, but once we're organizing, power makes it very hard to experience them as attendees, if not impossible. We're constantly interrupted when we're trying to have fun to go put out fires. We're working and volunteering often during some of the most fun things that are happening that event sometimes we're the ones making them happen and that's why we think they're the most fun so we often get paid very little or nothing for this i mean hey both yanina and i have patreon accounts so if you're feeling generous you can check out intimatevictor.com forward slash patreon or patreon.com forward slash intimate victor or you can check out yanina's at patreon.com forward slash yanina underscore vivian spelling in the show notes so yeah, let's get to talking about festivals here on Intimate Interactions. Welcome everyone to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm here with two awesome humans from Europe. There is Olivier from Brussels and Janina based out of Vienna and sometimes Berlin. They're both sex positive activists, avid learners and consent academy volunteers. Janina is a sex educator and one of the co-masterminds behind Sex Positive Europe. Um, welcome, you two. Thank you. Today we're going to be talking about being hedonistic burners. Yay! <laughs> Hedonism. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Sometimes yay. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> that is that is the perfect summary. Burning Man. We have Sometimes yay, not always. Over the years. And I think when I totally started, I think 2018, I was way more enthusiastic and also, I don't know, bringing more naive, naivety. Uh, so being naive and also having really good skills in don't giving a fuck what other people do and being able to just do my journey and not give too much. And then I considered myself more and more part of the community and put myself into roles. And then having also the difficulties to distance myself from these responsibilities because I pay the ticket, I uh, volunteer my time to give workshops, organize orgies for others, and then my capacities for other people's problems or feelings got really low. <laughs> and my can, hidden time also got low. I can completely you relate know, to that. <laughs> I can also completely relate to that. I've started thinking that it makes more sense if one set of organizers throws an orgy for the other set of organizers and then they switch so that at least then every second orgy you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true, but I also realized that there is so different values between organizers and that I, since I'm organizing, almost cannot really go to others. Sometimes it is, but yeah, I don't know. I get triggered or I want to jump in to kind of prevent some um, things that I'm seeing. So for me to also take off that glasses of an organizer and space holder got way more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. We create the events that we wish we were invited to. Yes. <laughs> but I think that's also a lot in like setting our own intentions, making it explicit and like setting our boundaries, like thinking about that and also making that explicit. Uh, I think those are like some, some ways to kind of like navigate that actually a little bit. Um, yeah, like because like the last thing that you said, Janina, like that you also wanted to be like, well, you're you're busy with your organizing and stuff, but like, um, and you, it's hard to put those glasses off. Um, like, yeah, the, the pressure that we put on ourselves if we do not communicate that or like what is expected of us or like, like if our role is not uh, uh, outlined well enough, I think those are things definitely like, well, okay, maybe I should talk for myself. Like these, these are definitely things that I want to improve on and work on to find the hedonism again in those situations yeah, mm. or allow it to myself. Something I started touching on recently after reading Come As You Are by, um, Dr., by Emily Nagowski um, was the idea of mindfulness with pleasure. So being able to experience pleasure non-judgmentally and i know that usually refers to an internal experience but i think it is possibly relevant with trying to turn off the organizer brain and just sort of repeat the mantra not my monkeys not my circus yeah but i do really have a problem because i also have really strong values and i am very yes. looking away and i told myself i won't look yes. away from harm that i see and i yes. can be patient and looking if i'm really right and then i am also okay to first talk with the person experiencing how they are seeing it but then it's really hard for me to then just say it's not my monkeys because right i would have loved that people step in when i got harmed so yes and especially because other people i mean if i'm not sober in that moment i'm not doing it but if i'm sober and i'm seeing some harm happening on people that yeah. maybe are not that much it's <laughs> sober i am really having hard times on on ignoring that Thank you for that. That was really insensitive of me to say. I really appreciate you sort of being like, hey, wait a minute, you're missing this thing. That's very important. But yeah, I also um, understand. Yes. I wish I would not be so sensitive sometimes and mind my own business. What should be in that moment actually more taking care of myself and trusting the system in place that is actually there too also because burns have a very nice system of uh, at least in europe the the smaller burns like nowhere or the local burns where there is consent angels there are rangers there is a whole procedure in place that i know and that i trust so yeah sometimes it's also okay to just raise awareness to the facilitator or to another person and not need to jump in them themselves. 
that's that's often what I would do in those situations at my local burns. Like we have a local burn in British Columbia um, where I am called Burn in the Forest. And it sounds like a terrible idea. Why would you want to burn anything in a forest? Um, but BC is all forests. So, you know, you can't really have a burn in the center of downtown Vancouver. So we all drive out to, you know, the middle of nowhere and have our burn event. But when it's a small event, you know all the other organizers and you know a lot of, especially if you've been going for a few years, you know all the, you know, most of the rangers, like if you've been volunteering, you just, you know too many people, you know too many people to just be anonymous anymore and it's, uh, it, it does, I agree with you, it makes it very difficult and yeah, I would just hopefully flag down a ranger and be like, hey, just kind of like keep an eye on this, this just isn't feeling good for me um, but I trust you to make sure the right things happen but then I would also, in order to do that, I would have to leave the space. I think that's the thing that's so difficult for me is having to leave spaces because I'm too upset by what's happening in them. And I know that's just like a consequence of trauma and that it just, it kind of has to be like that. It's going to be like that. And it's better for me to come to peace with it than to try to wish it were different. But it sucks. It really sucks. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I, at the moment also, like not on Burns, but here in Austria, prefer to sometimes go to an electronic party where there is just music to really relax, because I know that there the risk of me getting triggered is less and I can actually relax more. So, yeah, all these things that I saw in the last years and also the harm that I tried to mediate or prevent caused that I actually at the moment lost a bit my hedonistic vibe um, and mm -hmm. feel definitely impacted by, by this community management and community space holding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like definitely... something that I try to do maybe or like what I want to try to do more is to kind of like do it more on like a micro scale and to see like, okay, like what can I do here now? What is within my capacity to uh, uh, improve the capacity of the people directly involved, for example, and like not just mm -hmm. kind of like go on like the like higher management levels or, or like how things are organized, but just like in the here and the now, the little things that I can bring more choices to, to the people um while respecting my own capacity as well of course but yeah I, yeah it's yeah sometimes when we get activated too much like yeah we need to leave and accept that that's true mm -hmm. yeah well, and also communicate in advance i don't know for example this uh we have a a, a burn coming up uh, this year where i was with olivier very clear beforehand what uh what are my terms for that i mean that i still want to do workshops and um also i can be there for poorly but at the same time i also really want to go back into my i don't know to, to my experience and um so yeah, also to 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 communicate you and to yeah regulate the expectations, especially in relationships. Yeah, no, that sounds like a really fun space to be in, and you of course you want to be in that space if you can. Like you're literally you went there originally to be able to be in with yourself, right? In a sense, 
Yeah, I think it's fun for me because I also have a lot of pleasurable experiences there, but it's also a very hard ex environment that is very hot and very, I don't know, challenging in many things. So it's finding the balance to be compassionate with the suffering of others while also not losing hmm. fun. Yes, and that community has a way of not turning its back on you, but of just saying, well, burner values say you need to be, you know, radically self-reliant. So good fucking luck. Bye. <laughs> you know, like communities kind of like that sometimes in the burner scene. It's like you will find your humans and then everyone else does not give a shit about you. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it, it is, as Olivier said earlier, the knife that cuts both ways, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful community for some reasons and it is a very, complicated and ugly community in other ways so many like balances to keep and to walk and to try to keep it and like uh, see what feels good and what not so um, and constantly changing like yeah people change environments change we change our mood changes our capacity changes so like it's constantly like finding that that balance yeah mm -hmm. I actually have another critique to the burner movement in their sure. views. The thing of radical inclusion. I mean, it's going actually into the direction of transformative justice, but I, mm -hmm. on an, I don't know, community leader level, I also see an issue with that because if someone is not taking up accountability for the harm that they are caused, they will right. be accepted at this burn or at least in in europe it's not totally clear and there is a lot of like people going just to another local burn if they are excluded from their regional ones and to yeah i don't know for me in terms of yeah i find it a difficult thing sometimes yeah it's that's a really complicated area because the legal systems are different everywhere but with the legal system in canada you know because we have that sort of um, monarchy origin there's all of the defamation law so if you don't have a criminal conviction for sexual assault like if someone doesn't have a criminal conviction for sexual assault um, hopefully the organizers don't but if you don't have one then you can't really say that they did something that is criminal so there are movements in Canada to figure out how we can even talk about sexual assault without calling it sexual assault. Because if you call it sexual assault, you're accusing someone of having been convicted of a crime, which is itself illegal. Yeah. So they can sue you for saying as much. So you have to be very careful in Canada what you say about people, or you will get sued. Um, I'm currently being sued for defamation, for example. <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, just I was volunteering on the on the board of directors with Metro Vancouver Kink. Um, and the whole board got sued for defamation. So I am now personally sued for defamation as well. No, oh, sorry to hear. I'm accused three times of get. I know I will. Three people are threatening me to sue me about that, but I didn't get Amazing. it yet. But I see it now a bit as a kind of reward of taking care of such difficult cases. I mean, but yeah, I, it sounds serious to have actually like, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's it's been like three, four years now. It's moving forward in the Supreme Court of British Columbia, and it's like it could potentially have really big consequences. So it's it's a little scary. It's not it's not ideal, but it's also the reality. Like you can't be volunteering in these positions um, and be a sexual assault survivor with a deep passion for quote unquote doing the right thing 
um, without without being willing to risk everything you own in a civil court in BC. So it's it's a very unfortunate situation yeah, that's to find terrible. myself in. That's terrible. But like is it, uh, it is what it is. Like people who are directly like who directly experienced like uh, like assaults and stuff, they cannot mm -hmm. talk about their own experience. Or is it like it's complicated. They sort of can, they sort of can't. Wow. What we've what we've come up with is it's better to talk in terms of sexual misconduct than it is to talk in terms of sexual assault. Yeah, we are lucky in Europe that it's not like that. I researched it recently because we also get uh, severe threat, uh, threats of a of a sect. Lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, it's it's not that easy because we have proofs that it's true and so i don't know it's if you are spreading something that you know it's not true but in that case i don't know but yeah it's, no you're right it's it's, it's the same here the the bigger issue is it would require someone to offer proof of a crime in a civil court and civil courts have different protections than criminal courts so if you're a survivor of sexual assault in canada and you're going to a criminal court there are certain protections that are available for you if you're going through civil court there are no protections hmm. so you know your name is public your story is public they can be as ruthless as they want with you in the witness on the stand um so yeah but the whole there are just the whole justice don't have the system is, is yeah. really not made for like situations like like this and like agreed it's it's really agreed. terrible also that's, that's police, why... if you want to report yes. a rape that happened it's such a traumatic experience in itself i was supporting someone who experienced a sexual assault and i talked with the policeman to ask how will that procedure look like and it really sounds horrific and re-traumatization was really yeah. certain mm -hmm. i know it, it's really sad and it makes me incredibly angry but yeah it also shows that transformative justice processes and this community accountability can also be a way forward i think one of the biggest problems is that you're right and that people hear a sound bite like that and go oh this is the magic fix this is the one thing we need to do but they don't know what any of those words mean it's the same thing you said earlier about being of kind of like disliking the term accountability i'm in a love-hate relationship with the word accountability it's like every time i hear someone say it i i my stomach kind of feels it like something's coming i'm just waiting for the other the other part of the sentence like okay so you said accountability what are you going to say that just makes me think you're your idea of accountability is a miniature version of our currently broken justice yes. and policing systems. Uh, is it is it going to be like, like, using accountability as punishment and and transferring harm? Yes. Or is it actually like like working and building capacity and like support and and stuff and like working through things and and it's it's really I think, like I think the best. Yes. The best case scenarios in BC are with burners at least is that I feel like they do both. And it's it's a super challenging situation because when you're looking at restorative justice in the criminal system, the people have already been convicted. So all of the strategies, it's like, well, yeah, their choice is to continue to do super abusive carceral punishment or 
to do restorative justice. So of course, restorative justice is easy to do in the context of post-conviction. But when you're looking at more transformative stuff that's happening in how we build our events, it's like you don't have any authority or power. And you have to be very careful in Canada, at least, about what you say about what happened. So and, and if you do ban people from your events, you can't really say why you banned them. If you say why you banned them, you could get sued for defamation. But if you just ban them and say, this is, you know, persona non grata, we don't like this person, we're not letting him into our events, that's fine. You just can't tell people why you did it, which sucks because when you're in a community that's all about transparency and, you know, communal governance, you're screwed because you either don't say anything and look super non-transparent and there's so much more room for abuse there because you could ban anyone for no reason and people would have to assume it must be some sexual misconduct they did or you could just ban someone because you didn't like them and it's just like we have no way of holding our leadership accountable because the laws are preventing us here from doing that so different problems different parts of the world yeah that's really hard i mean (laughs) hearing that i'm very lucky that i'm here i mean i'm still definitely not doing everything perfect and like um yeah also finding my ways how i i shift from a more punitive system how i was leading my organizations and and associations towards also seeing if i have capacities to to support someone in their growth Mm -hmm. also i have to see sometimes the limits of my own association and of myself and of my team that not for everyone we can build this or uh, this capacity to to deal with their accountability um processes i I do for that idea i do like uh, working with values and really with people and just like working with with their values and kind of like start from there to kind of like uh, build some trust in that and like really understanding what that means for for everyone. Um, yeah. yeah. And also but, acknowledge fuck ups that we do. I don't know. I, I definitely know that I had to really learn about these things. Also reading your things, Victor, but also yeah, going to Consent Academy and to Spring Up to see how it can be done differently because we are growing or I grew up in a very patriarchal dominant capitalistic world where leadership was shown as a power and dominance thing where I had to yeah really enforce that but actually it can also be coming from a compassionate and I don't know supportive way mm-hmm. yes I grew up in the same kind of patriarchal nonsense Um, And if you add to that the complications of colonialism, you're now dealing with, you know, post-colonial laws and you're dealing with being on unceded traditional territory of indigenous groups that experienced a genocide and were, you know, sequestered onto these reservations and the reservation system still in effect in Canada. Like (laughs) we have some serious work to do here and like the country is only like the white populace the settler populace i should say is only just becoming seemingly aware in the mainstream of problems that have existed for a very 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 long time so but things it is it it is a whole other level of screwed up sorry go ahead no but it there's there's a lot of sadness in that but at the same time like it is moving the needle forward little by little so like i i do believe well i i try to be positive 
toward the future mm -hmm. and like i do mm -hmm. believe that like we are are getting aware then then there will be like a, a phase of learning and stuff but like an unlearning of course it is mm -hmm. moving forward but very very slowly yeah the becoming aware is already like a big big step finally <laughs> i mean yes but yeah but I it's funny informed yeah, go ahead. to while doing all that really important work and uncovering all these things that have been in the shadow to not forget to take care of oneself and to the fun and what keeps you alive and to pleasure because I personally tend to then burn out very quickly and only see the darkness everywhere and 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 yeah i think it's really important to then yeah take a bit of distance reconnect with our values that actually yeah sparkled joy for us mm -hmm. yeah we, mm -hmm. we started this episode on on hedonism <laughs> that was that was the topic <laughs> and we got back to it at the end <laughs> i i honestly feel like this is exactly what happens every time i talk with event organizers there's like two ways to have conversations um with event organizers one way is like let's talk about how we can make everything work better and by the end of the conversation you're both like teary-eyed sharing your sexual assault stories and then the other way is to be like let's only talk stories not like philosophy and you just share like your best stories from community and then you're like so this one time i was a huge slut and i went into the orgy tent and these things are the things that happened and then the other organizer is like yeah that sounds like you had a great time i had something similar happen but it was different because those conversations really 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 fun these conversations really 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 necessary so i think we tend to lean into the necessary rather than the fun and that's not a bad thing or a good thing it's just it's just how it happened to unfold today and yeah. if you want to come back on and we can do more fun sessions and we can talk about sexy things and hedonism and like share stories i would also be open to that yeah, maybe we do an episode on safer sex another time. There I am yeah. yeah, having a lot of funny stories and also can give some educational, nice, poly, um, orgy, safer sex tips. Wonderful. Sounds like a great future session. Is there anything else the two of you wanted to add before we break? Mm, I want to thank you for your work because, I don't know, I really... Um, how to build an accountability pod. We visited that page a lot of times. We yeah linked it and gave it to others. And yeah, we are really thankful for yeah your work and the, the book also that you're working on or the manuscript. We are looking oh, forward when you finish it. <laughs> I, I don't know when that is going to be. I think I think I started that when I was much more naive about accountability and i thought it's okay because even the stuff that doesn't work having like a collected set of works and resources would be really helpful um, and then i started realizing that it was getting really big and then i realized all the resources i was linking to now were bigger than the thing i was writing and the idea was to take inaccessible material and make it accessible and what i found was happening was i was taking inaccessible material and making it marginally less inaccessible but it still felt inaccessible to me so i sort of um I sort of published it on Patreon and then was like, okay, I need to take some time to rethink how I'm going to approach this. And in the meantime, I'm trying to read things like, you know, uh, Maria Makaba has this awesome book that is on my nightstand, um, not right here, but in my bedroom. 
Um, and that is the community accountability workbook. I'm trying to remember what that's called. Fumbling towards repair. Might have to Google it. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly what it's called. Fumbling towards repair. We have it here too, and that is (laughs) it's so good. Um, and I just really like Mariama Kaba as well. Like pretty much anything and everything she does, I'll read because she's just so smart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and experienced. She's just done a lot and has really served the community. I got also oh, you've actually now got the CI toolkit. The creative toolkit. It's so thick. I looked at the PDF. It was like almost 500 pages. More, it's I think. Insane. 600. It's so heavy. It's at least two kilos. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about the CI toolkit. If all else fails, you can simply use it to beat someone to death. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> But they just like there's del- really awesome resources out there and yeah i don't know yes i think we should work into spreading it in little videos on youtube so that we oh my god yes a hundred percent yes that is the way to go i think that's what i also realized was for the ty- types of people who like reading like manuscripts there are much better sources out there than i could ever write in terms of accessible quick like web guides, web-based guidebooks, there are not many. So I think I've kind of transitioned into trying to build a better site that is focused on resourcing people, saying, hey, if you're looking for this thing, there are all of these resources, and hopefully coming up with some general skeleton or outline for process, and then publishing that for free for everyone to saying like, in this phase, there are like the following philosophies you might find work for you. There's like, you know, Philly stands up, um, there's, you know, creative interventions toolkit, there's, you know, generation five, um, there's all of these various organizations and just sort of going through them all and being like, this framework calls this stage, this thing, <laughs> and this framework does it slightly differently in these ways and doing more of that style, like a compare and contrast review of all the literature out there rather than just writing more literature that doesn't actually demystify or, simplify the current space so i think that's my next project i i I already built like kind of like a a resource list also to kind of like amazing like um yeah like like if you are an individual experience this like these things might be able to help you actually a bit like what you said but like i i yeah it is difficult there's so much there's it it is um there's so much But and I really so, like what so, you wrote, actually. Huh? Like I, I read yeah. the whole thing, and like it's wow. Like there's a lot of information there. Also, like stuff that I haven't read actually, like in in other resources yet. So like really? I do value it a lot, actually. Oh, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That's a very high compliment. I also have it out and bring it to our meetings and stuff like that to look for people Aww. into it. So definitely something that is, um, yeah, seen mm-hmm. and valued. I'm thank you. That's really validating and I really appreciate that. It's it's really hard because a lot of the time when you're doing this work, you're doing it for a very small number of local people and it can be very hard to find your people internationally. And of course, anytime you're doing any writings on accountability, you're painting a huge target on your back for anyone no. to who is upset about anything to accuse you of literally anything. Even Even people who don't actually know you, who haven't actually met you, will say things like, um, they'll, they'll submit to your pod saying things like they think what you're doing is illegal or they want the RCMP to, re- like, I've literally had people say they want the, uh, like the federal police to review, um, what I'm doing. 
and like like we've had some weird submissions so wow. tell them like please yes please let them yes exactly <laughs> please tell them to yes exactly crazy well, it's i think like <sighs> don't well your your stuff your work definitely reaches further than you think for sure thank you yeah. and i appreciate that if, if we would like be on the same continent or whatever like i would love to kind of like just like have a coffee at some point or or yeah whatever yeah. that would be awesome i think well we can always do that virtually or we can do another episode and we can just do like a back and forth about accountability and do more of like a philosophical one i'm happy to do that with you olivier awesome awesome yeah that would be cool great well thank you both so much for your time i really appreciate having you here on intimate interactions yeah thank you thank you Thank you. So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash Intimate Victor, or tweet me at Intimate Victor, or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at Intimate Victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes. Or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords, and played by an AI-rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie, both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well. <laughs>